We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We made it to February, which means this is the month that spring training starts. You can smell it. Sniff it. It is cold as crap out today, but I can smell I can smell baseball now because it's February 1st. What's up, Scott? Yeah, and we've had a bunch of days that are warm, too. This uh, It's been a mild winter, so we could talk about weather for a little bit here going into spring training. We mild- did it last week. Yeah, well, you know, in the off season, that's what happens. You start looking at, hey, why the hell isn't it snowing? Why the hell is is it, you know, fifty some degrees on on weird days? But I'm getting tastes of uh, of spring training. But yeah, we're in we're in February, couple weeks out, couple weeks plus out uh, from pitchers and catchers. It's exciting. It's good stuff. I have a quick random story aside, but it'll tie okay. into the pod. So I just like don't remember what we talk about at this point. My my brain. It's 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 a pile of mush, yeah. right? So, do you remember yeah. us talking about uh, uh, human names for dogs last episode? Human name, yeah, because Kevin is the name of of Anthony Rizzo's dog. So, I got an email from our pal Lee Jones, yes, who's a, who's a listener, and it was a picture of his UK. dog, yes. picture of his dog, and he said, "Meet Jeff, my dog." I was just <laughs> like. I was just like I wasn't thinking. I was like, okay, Lee's just sending me a random ass picture of his dog. Cool, man. Nice dog. He was like, oh, Jeff, like for Jeff Bagwell. And I was like, what about Jeff Nelson? And I was just like going with it. I was like, I'm not going to be mean and be like, what, what the crap? I'm not going to be I'm not gonna be mean and <laughs> like, shit on everything. Give, I don't care about your dog. Dude. Like, I do care. But whatever. So and then I put it together. And I'm like, all right. We talked about the human. It took me like a full day of going back and forth. With Lee about his dog before I remembered that we had like this conversation about the human names. So he named his yeah. dog Jeff, which is you keep a- saying human names. You keep saying human names like it's uh people names. That, yeah, that's okay. a that's a that's a person name. Jeff. Yeah. That's a person name. Scott. Right. Person name. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> I think I used the example of of uh, of Bob. Like you don't name a dog Bob or or Mike. Mike Bob's kind of funny though. Bob's kind of funny as a as a dog name. So my point Bob. is, I don't remember what we talked about last week. I don't remember really much at this point. Yeah, that's okay. That we you need some you need some things that are going to be milestones in your in your in your brain to that cause you know triggers. Uh, that allow you to to remember certain things like pitchers and catchers. Like when you start, when you look out and, and, and you see on your television or your, your phone, wherever you're looking and you're getting your media, you will see people throwing a ball back and forth and that will trigger something in your head. And you were like, yes, I remember this. And when we see more baseball, you'll start to remember things. It's going to come back to you. Well, it, it's like when we were playing that game last week, where we we're trying to guess the the random players in the lineup. And th- those were all from the past three or four years. I couldn't, you know, I, we were just throwing darts, right? I don't think we got a single one of them. <laughs> it was it, the last three, I will say this, the last three or four years when you're, when you're talking about a team every week, it's like they do blend together. And, and just especially the last three to four years, which has just been freaking weird. The, the, the blending of, of the lineups, the blending of the teams, the, the forgetting of, oh yeah, that guy existed. Definitely has been happening more, uh, more so for me. But, but like I feel, if you asked me something from twenty years ago, I, I could have a better right. chance at at nailing it than from two years ago. So yeah. that's where that's that's where we are. Or an hour ago, yes. hour ago is just poof gone instantly. <laughs> anyway, a couple of news items. We're going to talk about the balance schedule today, and then do some over unders. Uh, but the news items: Chad Green, our guy. Is going north of the border to Toronto. He'll be a Blue Jay here forth. Henceforth. Yeah, I mean, this could be the, the Blue Jays have had problems in their bullpen. So if Chad Green is a guy that can come back and, and pitch to the abilities that he's that he's met in the past, then it's going to be a, you know, a, that could be a sneaky pickup by but this the is Jays. the classic. This is the classic. Get a guy who had surgery. We know this first year is going to be a crapshoot. And then we hope the second year is good. Like, so many teams have done done this with relief pitchers. Yeah, but this is <clears throat> I don't know. Chad Green's down the path a little bit here. It's not you you certainly can't bank on uh you know another year being being good. Is he not ready? He's going to be returning mid-season. Mid-season. Like mid mid-season mid to late season is when he'll return. Okay. And for a reliever, we've seen guys come back and still contribute, but they're they're probably they're this signing is probably more for 2020 2020 which is strange you don't do that normally with a reliever oh, wow. i remember the, the last one that i remember very clearly who did that was nathan avaldi when the when the rays signed him a year knowing that he was going to be on the shelf for an entire year uh, but they were really signing him for the year before but then that's a starting pitcher so i and i get it a lot more with a starting pitcher a guy like chad green who's definitely had ups and downs you know more recently the things i remember are the home runs you know, that's that's really where it, where his, Specifically uh, where his legacy Astros stands. Players. Yeah, that, yeah. Tommy Canley did that with the Dodgers, where he had surgery with the Yankees, and then he signed the the two year deal with the Dodgers. Yeah, which again, strange for a reliever. I mean, like I don't know really how much upside you have there, especially with the uh, you know how how many relievers are up and down and like miraculously appear as dominant relievers out of absolutely nowhere on a year to year basis. Kind of kind of uh, to me, that's just not great. Not great yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees avoided arbitration with Glaber at nine point nine five million, which is about in the middle of where it's actually exactly in the middle between where he filed at ten point two and where the Yankees filed at nine point seven. There, last week we talked about how they're 
less than half a million dollars under the top tier luxury tax threshold. So this puts them, again, right there. They have less than a million bucks to work with if they do actually want to stay under that top threshold. Yeah. I know you guys think that, that there's going to be some money moved around in the spring here, but I just don't under, I don't see how much they could really move that makes any 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 difference uh, that would that would allow them to you know make something do something significant at the deadline to put this team over the top if that were the case. So that's why I believe fully that they're going to go over that and that th- that's not a hard limit you know internally by any means. It makes no sense if it if it were. And then you got Cohen over here who's you know just signed McNeil and they're spending. What is it now? A, a billion dollars this year? You know, whatever. It's something crazy. It's over six hundred, right? So, what if they left field is obviously the position that they would need to add money at at yeah. some point this season. Yeah. But what if what if they ha- have an okay left field situation? Like, what if Aaron Hicks is the player that Brian Cashman believes, or Oswaldo Cabrera turns into a solid player, and left field is not a problem? Are we still like maybe they just don't look to upgrade left field, and then they can. Maybe something else small happens. Maybe you need a bullpen arm. Maybe you need, you know, a, a backup something. I don't know that you can still stay under the tax threshold. But who gives a shit? Why are we? So we're talking about Aaron Hicks then being a good player, and and actually, you know, well, or 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 Cabrera going out there and playing left field, and they don't. That that'd be great. Ideal situation is if our guys play well and they don't have to go out and make a move because that means the team is working well and there's someone who's playing left field at a high level. So if that were to be the case, that's great. High it's level is probably a, at, a, at a at a at a above average level. But you cannot have that mentality going into a season, understanding that you're going to be hamstrung or you know cut down at the knees mid season if you have a, a cap. That's a that's a ludicrous way to go through the season, and so if if we're if we're looking at that, we have to believe as fans that that is not a hard hard cap internally. We have to. Don't we hear this every year? Where right, so whatever, that's why I'm looking with my the, eyes. And I'm using the eye test here and not using what, what anything I I hear or or am, am, am reading against uh, a particular number. My eyes are telling me that yeah, if they were if they need to upgrade left field, clearly left field is, is a is a question mark. Then they're going to have to upgrade left field, and if they only have less than a million dollars to do it. That's not enough money to upgrade left field. They, uh, I feel like every year, whatever threshold they're closest to, it's always the headline. The Yankees will not go over this threshold. And I'm wondering if that is just something they say every year because it's, it's whatever, or if that's some sort of leverage that they create where for other teams or other players, maybe they assume, oh, well, the Yankees are out because they're not going to add the three million bucks that it's going to take because the three million bucks is going to put them over the the threshold. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really buy the narrative that they're putting things out there for uh, for for negotiating purposes. They're the New York Yankees. They what was the last year the that they said that and then broke that midseason? Because I don't think it's happened. Well, I mean, have we come out and as the Yankees organization said that we're staying under this? I don't know deadline? if the organization no. ever comes out and says it, but. Right. Every single year, there's reports from the John Heymans, the Joel Sherman. It's because they're close to it. That's why there's reports. Of course, of course. If so they weren't close the Yankees to it, then we are telling them. That Brian Cashman or or someone in high up in the Yankees organization tells Joel Sherman, "We're not going to go over this next threshold." So then he reports that. But then there's never been a season in which they've gone over that next threshold. They've added money, but it still stayed under the threshold. They've done things to remove money to then add money, and that's. Again, what we're talking about here. Two things that are different. 
two things that are different. One, yeah, you're right. They, and I think that they will shed some dollars, but there's just not a lot of dollars to shed that, that make any significant room unless you're, you know, being creative with a, with a big contract like a Donaldson. If you can do that and figure that out, chances are you're going to have to absorb cash from someone else. But, you know, maybe it solves a problem and, and you're killing two birds with one stone. Great. If, if, there's a, if there's a creative way to do this, then, then certainly I think that, um, you know, we could stay under, under that dollar amount. But again, the, the narrative going in that they're going to stay under it no matter and, and that it's going to affect the team. You can't, the, the other reason you can't do that right now is because you look across the, the river and there's a guy in the other borough that is spending whatever he needs to do to assemble the team that he wants to be on the field and, and where they believe they're, they're competing. You can't, you can't sit as the New York Yankees saying that we're going to stay under this tax threshold while the guy across the, uh, the city is blowing it out and doing whatever he needs to do for a fan base. Like the, the, the back of the papers do matter. The back pages matter, uh, in, in some of the, uh, you know, the jockeying back and forth between the two teams and between the ownership groups. I think, I think it's important. How much does Domingo Herman make? 2.6 million. That's, cool. that's, that's some, that's money. good value. <clears throat> that's some money that you could offload, right? That's good value. Why would I want to get rid of that? Why would I want to get rid of that's like trading Jordan Montgomery? Well, that's was going to be my next thing. No one expected Jordan Montgomery to get traded. No one is. I don't think anyone would expect Luis Severino to be traded, but is he a potential candidate to be traded at some point this season? If 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 he's again, I, I'm looking okay. at value. I see no purpose of that. If he's not pitching well, that means that means why why would another team want him? And if he's if he's pitching well, what why the, the hell would you is, want to give up a top what if the three rotation is solid? Guy? What if the rotation is solid? Cole Radon, yeah. they're yeah. pitching to what we expect. Nestor yeah. Cortez is still doing his damn thing. And you've got a solid rotation. And Luis Severino is pitching well. He's pitching fine, just like Jordan Montgomery was pitching. But if yeah. you need to add an outfielder, if you need a left fielder, because Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron Hicks are just not getting the job done, someone will take Luis Severino. And Luis Severino is a free agent after this year. We've seen Brian Cashman do things like this before. It, w- it would not shock me. I, I I don't see a purpose. Jordan Montgomery is a very different player. Jordan Montgomery is a young guy that that doesn't have injury concerns either. His value is very high at this point. You can get a substantial person for him. In you know we got a center, our starting center fielder for him. You're not going to get a the return value for a guy like Luis Severino. The the value for a guy like Severino is on yeah. the team. It would have to be in the beginning well. of the year. A team would only Which take makes Luis no Severino. no sense as the New York Yankees. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. It only makes sense if you're then using that 11 million bucks to get a left fielder. Because you could make an argument that the rotation with or without Severino is in a good spot. But there's also the the big argument to be made that left field is not in a good spot in their current situation. So the which team is more could valuable, be better. which is more valuable a a slightly below average left field all year or um or Luis Severino. Why are you assuming slowly, slightly below? I'm, I'm looking at who's currently here. Well, obviously, I, Luis Severino was more valuable than a below average. Okay, left then okay. Compared, I'm saying compare that to no Severino and a slightly above average left field, which is more valuable to the Yankees. I would argue that a that a left fielder that's at just slightly below average and Luis Severino is more valuable to the Yankees than no Luis Severino and a guy that that can come in because you're not going to get the value that you're expecting for him. What if it's a good You're not going to get an impact bat, really. What if it's a good left fielder? Give me a name. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it, the value is just not there for Sabrina. Hap, the ship has sailed. The, Cubs. the ship has sailed. No, I wouldn't do it. You don't think Hap? I. I would rather get what field. I can get from from left field between Cabrera and Hicks and keep Severino on this team because he's an impact guy. Severino is a is a difference maker, and he can be an absolute difference maker, especially when you come to the postseason. And Ian Hap strikes out a lot, and I I just I don't need that right now. I'll I'll throw Cabrera out in left field and probably get pretty similar play. <laughs> no, you're not. Gonna, come on. <laughs> hey, so you're two, baby. I'm looking for for uh. I, I'm on the I'm on the Cabrera train now. Luis or uh, Aaron Hicks. I loved it's not, it's not I loved Oswaldo Cabrera. Oswaldo Cabrera was one of the most exciting Yankees players for all of like the crazy yeah. stuff he did in the field last year and, and just sort of like the unsung hero, not something you expected. But to sit here and say he's going to be comparable to Ian Happ is that's stupid. I'm not saying he's going to be comparable to Ian Happ. I'm saying you're you're going to get a you could get a similar play in left field to it in Ian Happ. And yeah, at What's the end the of the, at the What's end the of the year, at the end of the year if they had the same at bats, I bet I bet it wouldn't be all that different. It's certainly the 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 delta between those two players would not be worth Severino. Oh, one thousand percent bank on that. Okay, I, you're probably right. I'm just I'm just saying. I, IKF everyone at six has million dollars is the one that you're looking yes. at, at. Everyone at says, saying, okay, can we can we can we get rid of IKF at six million dollars? Because clearly he's not in the plans, even though they're going to tell you. That yes, he's competing. We like what he does a lot. All of this lip service that we're hearing from them is 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 something that they're just saying because he's uh, currently on the roster, and, and maybe there's phone calls out there about him. But that's six million dollars. Six million dollars at the middle of the year. Yeah, you could get a significant player for that probably, plus a little bit of. Money. But you would have to trade IKF before the season, right? So that it doesn't hit the the uh, the, the the threshold. The tax IKF hit. is probably the most realistic because he's like you said six million bucks and has more value than guys like donaldson hicks glaber has more value than ikf but then you're back to the situation of well you're taking a piece that you might need on your roster away in glaber to shed some money because if you trade glaber away and dj is not a hundred percent and not really ready to play in the first half of the season. What are you doing at second base? You've got a hole at second base. So I don't see Glaber happening either. I think that when you're looking at Donaldson, I think it's IKF and Donaldson are probably the the two. And Donaldson's going to be tough. But I think that if you if you're looking across, and I, I see if if Donaldson were to be moved, I could see it happening middle of spring training, end of spring training, something like that, where teams are looking at around, they're looking themselves in the mirror, they're going through spring training, they're making their assessments, and they're identifying that, hey, you know what, maybe, you know, where we thought we were going to be or where we think we can be, we're not going to be there this year. And we should shed some salary because of that. We're, we're not going to win this year and whatnot. So if we can get out, out from underneath a long-term contract, I'm, I go back to the Chris Bryant just because it's an example. I'm not saying it needs to be that guy, but that's an example of someone where the Rockies are paying a lot of money for a guy for you know multiple years. And if they identify that their, their team is not in a place where they, they, they wish it could be or, or, or want it to be, then it could make sense to uh, continue to compete, take on a salary for one year to be out from a five-year deal. And and at that point, then the Yankees would look at, to me, uh, a player that's going to be with them, can help them win over the next three to four years. And now you're looking at a tax threshold very differently because you have someone there that's going to be helping your long-term. 
and if they go over it, then they go over it. But I could see that happening because I think that that, that scenario but, could play out with other teams wanting to shed dollars um, where, where it could be a good trade-off, you know, five, four or five years of a, of a large salary for one year of a, uh, of a large salary. It's but like that a, doesn't shed the Yankees' payroll. No, but it, 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 could, it could solve the problem. If, if, you could, if you could get a left fielder that way, then, then you're, it doesn't matter, does it? No, if you right, right, right. If you get a left fielder that way, you would but, have to solve the problem with that. You're not looking to move that contract, bring on, absorb another contract for multiple years, and then also go out and get a left fielder. No, that would be one in the same deal. Got it. Yeah. Uh, the last bit of news is that the Yankees hired Brad Wilkerson as the assistant hitting coach, and he has no ties really to the Yankees that we could find. Played with the Expos, turned into the Nationals, then he got traded to Texas in that Alfonso Soriano trade and ended his career with Seattle and Toronto. All right, balanced schedule. Hey, this that's is, a, you're not yeah. going to you're not going to um I don't talk think there's about anything a, uh, else to say about coach? Brad assistant about hitting coach, assistant hitting coach. Assistant to the hitting coach? Assistant uh-huh. to the traveling hitting coach? Is he a, is what, he a hitting coach on the road? What else can you what else do you want to say about him? I just I like the fact that they're bringing another guy that's got a good amount of MLB experience in there who's hitting the major leagues. It's he's he was an interesting player um and I think that yeah, just brings another perspective to the dugout, and I like that. I like the 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 uh, the assembly of of MLB players, veterans, and former managers that they got going on there. It takes a lot of the pressure away from Boone, and really doesn't make have to make any decisions. Okay, <laughs> ready to Thank- talk about the balance schedule? Yeah, I'm excited about the balance schedule. Actually, are you? Are you? I am. Why? I, I because- am too. I am too. But I, I'm curious what you why. Because I like at this point, you know, I was a. Uh, I when I think about like my childhood and how baseball was at that point, where where uh, you know way back in the day, back in my day when they when they didn't play across the leagues, I thought it was a a fun dynamic to see a team for the first time in the World Series. So I, I really did enjoy that. Interleague play came, started going over. It's here. So let's look at how we can make interleague play better for baseball as a whole. And I think having a balanced schedule where you're not just looking at the same um, players for, you know, 19 times uh, for each opponent in the AL and you're, you're able to see the other players across the league. You're able to, it's a, it's a much more like superstar led league. I want to see some of these players you know, an article I was reading from, I think it was um, Petriello was talking about, you know, Otani, like there are markets that have not seen Otani. That's, that shouldn't be the case. Like, let's open the doors up. Let every, let everybody play everywhere, and and get the fans an opportunity to see a lot more of these um, of, of these teams and these and these players. I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I think that the way that they reduced the the t or the amount of games in each division, it doesn't change it dramatically. I think there's still a lot of of games that are that are meaningful. Um, so I think it was a it was a good change. I think it was a good change. 19 against your division opponents did feel excessive. And there were yeah. there were points where you'd get like a three-week stretch where the Yankees would only play the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Rays, or the Reds. You know what I'm saying? It was just like really like they played Baltimore at the end of April, and then they're going to Baltimore at the beginning of May. And then a week and a half later, Baltimore's back at Yankee City. We're just like, we've played the Orioles 11 times in the past 20 days. Like, can, can we see a different team? So I, I agree for, for that standpoint, just like the variety of the schedule, I think is going to be way better. It is fun when teams that you haven't seen in a while come to town, like the Padres are playing Memorial Day weekend at Yankee Stadium. 
the Padres have massive star power, that's going to be an exciting series. Like I, I like when you get those like those different teams. The Yankees have the Dodgers on the schedule this year. I mean, they have everyone on the schedule this year, but there's the Dodgers, the Cubs, like those sort of National League marquee franchises that you're not used to seeing. I think yeah. is cool. I think that adds a nice element to the schedule. I agree. I, I agree. And and it's it. What it does also is it it. I think it it adds to the parity that they're trying to bring to baseball. You're, you're that playing was the the reason that they cited for it being that sure. more fair wild card races and the fact that you have expanded playoffs makes sense to move to a balanced schedule. If you're not going to have the expanded playoffs, then you should probably skip. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. If you're going to stick to the old playoff format, then you should stick to the old schedule where winning your division is much more important because there's fewer wildcard opportunities. So play the teams in your division to find out really, truly, who's the best of each division. That team wins, that team goes to the playoffs. But now that you can get into the playoffs in other ways by by being the sixth and seventh best, right? Sixth and seventh best team in the, is it seven? No. How many teams in each? See, I'm losing track. Whatever it is. Yeah, the more balanced schedule makes sense than playing so many division opponents. The the other piece of this too, when you're looking at how they're, the breakdown. So the breakdown is what? 50, 52 games against division opponents this year. That's down from 76. 13 games that are uh, against each division. So two home series, two road series. Uh, Yankees will play 64 games against other American League divisions. So that's down from from 66. That actually doesn't change very much, right? You're, you're still going to see a lot of the opponents. Games. The, the, the difference is those games that were played in division are now going to the other side, and you're going you're gonna to play more of the National League. So mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing more of those teams. And I, look, there are so many changes this year. It's, it's actually... It's crazy that they're doing this amount of changes. The balanced schedule, the shift, the pitch clock, the bigger bases. You're, you're seeing like a very different game all at once. Usually that doesn't happen. This many changes to the game don't doesn't happen in one year. And we're seeing a significant amount. So there, I think there's a lot of unknown that's going to go into this year because of all of these different changes. The shift being the the, the biggest thing for me is... is you're not pitch, super the, pumped about the bigger bases? Well, I think it's good for the it's it's definitely good for that's going to um, change the game a lot. For the defense, whatever it's good, it is good for for players. More stolen bases because the extra inch and a half is going to allow guys to get there. More extra, more stolen bases because you can only throw over X amount of times to first base. More more stolen and bases because less of the pitch confusion, clock and you can time it. It's almost like it's almost like trying to jump a snap count in football. You, you can you can now jump the pitcher essentially and and try to steal that base. So there's a lot more gamesmanship, I think, between the lines of where defense is, how how many times you're going to throw over, when you're going to throw over, what you're going to how you're going to utilize that pitch clock. Are you going to use the entire thing and 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 now players know that you're going up to that very last second, or are you going to vary it and make sure that you're giving a little bit of a uh, a different look each time? There's a lot of little nuances that are going to be interesting this year. And because the shifts are banned, there's going to be less confusion on who's covering the bag. Because when you'd have the overshift on, you'd have the the third baseman and the shortstop both playing out of position, running into one another, trying to take the throw from from the catcher. Well, that's just bad preparations. What that is, your professional well, major league baseball players learn where to, to go when a shift is on. It happened to the Yankees a few times. Well, you know, uh, that's just that's just bad preparation. That's called being a bad professional. 
That's what that maybe, is. Maybe the snap throw by the catcher behind down to first base is going to be more important because guys are going to take more aggressive leads because they can. They know, like you said, they can jump it. So maybe you yeah, can catch some guys off first I, base. And you're not going to have... Maybe get Jose Molina in to coach that up, coach up the Yankees because he was the best I ever saw at the snap throw. Well, you also might get first basemen that are going to be, you know, doubling back and, and playing further off the line because of the shift not being there as well. So you're going to see different defensive alignments that I do believe are going to bring, uh, are going to increase uh, the 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 base running in general. You're going to see, I think you're probably going to see more guys go first to third, depending on situations. You're going to see more stolen bases. You're going to see more aggressive base, uh, base running as a whole. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um, and then when you're playing a balanced lineup, you're playing you're playing more teams that you're not as familiar with, so probably being more aggressive. You could look at the other side of that and say there's probably there maybe there's gonna be more strikeouts because you're facing guys that you've never faced before. Um, but but I think that you know you'll see more aggressive play. Another year now that the National League has the the DH. So I think that, you know, I know a lot of the numbers are broken down on who this can affect, but I think having a, a year two of the DH in the National League is going to also create, you know, some just different numbers that people can't expect uh, that, and from what they've seen, because we only have one year of a sample size of this. Yeah, that article you mentioned from Petriello, they analyzed who it's going to benefit the most and the least or hurt the most based on what the schedule would have been in the old format. And actually, yeah. the entire AL East is benefited. And, and that makes sense. As, they, as he outlined in the article, the AL East was the toughest division by winning percentage last year. So if you're playing fewer games against those teams, you're going to play more, more teams that have a worse record. So that's going to benefit you. Whereas the NL East, which was a little bit more top-heavy, is going to be playing more games against other teams that are better. So that's going to hurt them. Everyone in the AL East on a schedule for the schedule is benefited, but the Yankees are benefiting the least out of the teams. It still benefits them, though. Like if you look at what their winning, what their opponent winning percentage was going to be versus what it is now, it's lower now. So that benefits them. The AL Central basically is unaffected. It's like plus or minus a couple percentage points. Um, the AL Central was already probably the weakest division in the, the American League, and that probably means that it's unlikely we'll see a wild card out of the AL Central, but but who knows? Like, Could the Twins put it together? I don't know. Probably not. So, Well, it, you're asking the wrong people about the Twins putting anything together because they just, we've never seen it. Um, but yeah, they, they certainly got better. They certainly got better. You know they have again. They're like on paper. They sh- they should be good. They really should. Well, the, weren't they in the playoff hunt up until like September first last year? And then the AL Central was strange. Yeah, they're they're they gave up a lead. There there was there was definitely some jockeying back and forth. Um, but there there's no reason why they shouldn't be a good team. And and uh, and and really, it's between them and and I guess Cleveland never goes away. Um, but. The White Sox, Cleveland, and Minnesota are the only three teams. If you know, but Araldis Chapman did go to Kansas City, so now they have a good. Oh, that's they have right. a, a They've lockdown got ninth back ninth. in the bullpen, locked up. Yeah, and Granky also re-signed with them too, so they got significantly. <laughs> Granky, Granky might pitch forever. Like, he like probably Granky, could. He's one of those guys that could. Like Granky might be throwing like seventy-two mile an hour pitches when he's fifty years old, and will be and effective. still getting people out. Yeah. 
because yeah. his curveball will be 46 miles an hour. So the difference. Right. As long as you have the gap difference, then you're you're straight. Like the 60 mile, the 60 mile an hour fastball actually comes on you like 85. <laughs> so uh, a couple of notable series and dates that I was looking through the schedule on the Yankees. The season starts with the Giants and the Phillies at home. So you're starting with two National League teams. That's that's different. That's weird. Yeah, and just it's also just a remembrance that it could have been could have been judged. very ugly if Aaron Judge had gone to the San Francisco Giants. As I already mentioned, the Padres are in town Memorial Day weekend. That should be a lot of fun. Yankees are going to the Dodgers in the beginning. We have tickets of to that June. game, don't we? On that Saturday. Yep, the Memorial Day weekend Saturday game. We've got a boatload of tickets to that yep. Yankees Padres game. We're going to be holding an we event. Have to, we have to plan what the event is going to be. We still have yep. to do that. But <laughs> so market calendars, event. we are doing it. We teased that we are going to bring back some events. We are going to do that. Um, that that weekend, I believe it's a Saturday that we have the games for back in our home in 205. They announced the times, right? What time is that game? If oh, Logan's going to look, Logan's gonna look it up. Get, come on, no whammies. I got four it right here. It's four four uh, one o'clock. Ah. All right. Okay, here we go. Breakfast. Breakfast, Breakfast at the dugout. Breakfast at the dugout. We've done this in the past. We've 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 been there. Uh, yep. You know, does getting... Taco Bell still have those egg tacos? <laughs> Didn't they? Sip? They came back. There's some commercials. And it's a breakfast, breakfast taco. Yeah. yeah, breakfast taco at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you'll spend the first three innings on the shitter. It's fine. <laughs> Seven light beers. If you can make it, taco. if you make it into the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um. Damn, four o'clock is so much better for the. Just mark your calendars. Is mark your calendars for, for 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 that that game. It's going to be fun. Memorial Day weekend. I love it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. We've got a couple other notables. So between June 9th and June 18th, the Yankees play six against the Red Sox and two against the Mets. So that's a fun little stretch. I think the Red Sox are going to suck, though. The final series before the All-Star break is against the Cubs. And then the first time the Yankees see the Astros is August 3rd to the 5th. And then they play the Astros again in Houston Labor Day weekend. And then the season ends with three games at Kansas City. Good deal. And the the one one you didn't note as far as just uh, like significant days in baseball where they where they have 
um, tributes. The Dodgers series, I believe, is Lou Gehrig Day uh, out in L.A. And then the Yankees will be in Pittsburgh for Roberto Clemente um, Day. So that's kind of cool. And again, yeah, you're just you're seeing the team now play a, in different ballparks. You have you know different. There's Yankees fans all over the place. So just looking at our fan base and how we benefit, that's a really good thing for for Yankees fans all over. Uh, you know, give them another opportunity to to watch the Yankees in person. I think that's really do fun. road trips too. Like if you're yeah. if, like I've never been to Dodger Stadium. I would love to go to Dodger Stadium. Probably I was just talking n- about that this morning with someone at work. I saw Lupe Fiasco. Uh, it was like a mini concert that I had no idea was going to happen right before a Dodgers game when I was out in LA for a wedding years, years ago. That was awesome. I'm probably not going to go to this series in June because I've got other things going on in June. Yeah. But, but because I know now the Yankees, I don't have to wait another four years or whatever to see them again. I could yeah. go, I could go pretty soon if, if I want to see the, the Yankees play the Dodgers at, at Dodger field, Dodger stadium. Does that take away the luster of some of it? Because you can look at the other side of this too and say, well, you know, it does happen occasionally, which makes it more of a, a memorable series. But if Whatever. they're going to do this on a yearly basis, does it take that lure away? No, I think it's every other year you will go to the stadium. Like they, there will be uh, every other year you will see the Yankees go to Dodger Stadium and every other, then the other years the Dodgers beat Yankees. So every other year is still rare enough where it's like it's not an every year thing. So I don't yeah. know. I, I, at the end of the day, as many times, if you can look at all the negatives on this, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives. For sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, a lot of changes to, to baseball this year. I, I think I'm going to withhold judgment on all the changes. I'm excited about the shift. I think the pitch clock is going to be beneficial. Obviously, it could all blow up in our faces and we're like, wow, this made things a lot worse. And then I'm expecting them to revert back. But Everyone just withhold judgment. Don't don't overreact on April seventh and be like baseball's ruined. Like let's give it some time to breathe. Are they getting? Are we still doing the the fake runner on second base? Is that still happening? Do we know if that's if that's uh, the that um the, I think that's one of those wrongly things that, named ghost runner. What's yeah, that? that's one of those things I believe that's like not like negotiated yet. Like they haven't oh, talked about it. Great. Like, do you so remember last year? It, I'm sure I I would bet that it's gonna happen. Okay, Good. don't Good. we? Shouldn't we already know this by now? I feel like we, we should know this. By no, now. because they they did this last year too, where they were like right at the tail end of you know spring training. They were like, oh by the way, like no seven inning double headers, ghost running, like we you know. Yeah, well, I, I, when you're looking at all the changes that we just talked about, a lot from like looking at a baseball purist if those th- if those people exist anymore standpoint you're you're looking at games you're looking at things that to me don't affect the game's integrity if you will the it's pitch a, it's clock a matter would be the one opening things up the pitch clock might possibly right? with with the way that the runners i'm interested to see how base running is affected by the pitch clock as well like yeah we're going to have a faster game because the the minor leagues already proved that out we we have data that's that says that but I'm I'm very curious to see how teams are taking advantage of that on the base paths because that that's an unknown for me. Well, also and I feel like the, there's windows to, to to create opportunity. The baseball purist I'm sure loves the gamesmanship between the pitcher and the batter, where stepping out of the box or stepping off the rubber to like disrupt timing and stuff. Sure. And you can't do that as much now because you've got the pitch clock. So I could see a baseball purist being upset about that. Well, baseball purists will always be upset about any change. But I, I think when you're looking at certain changes, they're not 
they're I don't I wouldn't quant- qualify any of these changes as gimmicky. You know, whereas the 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 fake runner on second base. To I don't me know. Is a, is I a, feel is like a, the shift is a goddamn is a little gi- shift band's a little gimmicky. It's not gimmicky. It's just saying just play your position. But baseball has baseball. always been a game where yes, there's positions, but you don't. There's no lines on the field other than the foul lines. Okay, you cool. You're anywhere. not going to see those lines either. So when the players are not in the other positions, you're not going to see those lines. It's just going to look like baseball. When I when I start extra innings and there's a there's a jackass on second base to start the inning. You know, uh, um, um, what are we doing here? This is co-ed softball. You know, like that's changing the game. Um, all right, let's uh, final segment of the day. We're going to do some over unders. Logan pulled a bunch of either win totals or p- uh, player just numbers. So let's fire through some of these, and we can we can give our let's alternate. <clears throat> so I can go first with what I think, and then you can agree with me or disagree with me, and then maybe if we disagree we can have a, a nice little conversation about it and if we agree maybe we just wait you're gonna say the over under i thought we we're gonna have a toss up and we're gonna both choose over under yes logan's gonna say yeah. what the thing is and yeah. then i'm going to say for the God, first it was one, it very obvious that i didn't listen to what you just said yeah i'm okay, going cool. to say my thing and then on the second one you'll go first oh jesus all right all right well you got to start with the the most important one yankees 97 and a half wins. So they were on pace for like 168 wins last year at some point. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, and then that did didn't 99. happen. That didn't happen. Uh, 97 and a half is, is a high number. And I know the balance schedule in theory should, should say that they should win more than that. But that's a, that's a high number for, for an over under. Like you have one bad stretch and, and that's, that's kind of difficult to get to. Cool. So say under and go for it. Stick to your guns. I think I'm going to say under. It's not going to be under. I'm not saying they're going to win 85 games or anything like that. But like 95, 94, 95, 96. Like to get to 98, that's a that's a high number. So I'm saying under. 100 percent over. (laughs) Okay. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed over. Stamp it. It's a skywriting guarantee. If they don't win 100 games, something's wrong. Yeah. All right. You do realize this team was 500 since July 1st. Yeah, I, I know. I also know what they were before July 1st, which was not realistic. Okay. You yeah, split they, the there was a, on I, those I think two. All, all you got to do is is um is is find a a happy medium on both sides and they're at 100 wins. Keeping records. And, and look, um, here's the thing. My expectation is 100 wins. That's 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 probably a more clear way to put this. Okay. If my is is over 100 wins, they this team should, absolutely should win over 100 games. They should. So, so now this is even more in doubt. This one, uh, Severino, 19 and a half starts. He had 19 we, last year. He had 19 last year, but now you're saying okay, I'm going first. Him. Um, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over, and the reason I'm going to say over because I have to give my reasoning here is I think that you know we're going into Severino. Um, First time in a long time we're seeing a guy walk into the year healthy, should be ready to go. Got a good amount of innings last year, so there there was a ramp up period. And I, I, you know, the way that the way that Severino was talking and what we saw from him, like this this guy really does put a lot of care and emphasis on on staying healthy now. Whereas I think you know, and maybe that's just his his shift as a as a as an athlete as he's gotten older, more mature. He understands what these injuries have done to his career, and then he's really um, 
put an emphasis on on being in shape and staying healthy throughout the year. So um, I'm going to say over, and I'm and a, a lot of this is me like crossing my fingers and hoping he can stay healthy because I know what he is when healthy, and he's a he's an impact guy. This is 19 and a half starts for him for the season. Doesn't have to be with the Yankees, right? So if he gets traded, like I said, sure. it's a possibility he could still hit the over. Yeah, this is a Yankees podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm player. taking I'm taking the over as well because under to take under 19 and a half basically means it's another big injury, lengthy stay on the IL. Like he might go on the IL, he might miss a start or two, but you can go on the IL for even a month and still start 24 games. So I, I I'm I'm taking the over there. And if it's under, then I mean, shit. His who, who the hell's signing him at that point? It's just five straight years of injuries. Yeah, if it's under, it doesn't matter. That's kind of the reason why I think that the only value for a guy like Luis Severino is on this team because he's a risk. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites because I remember talking about this when they first traded for Stanton. You know, judging Stanton over under 100 home runs. Not going to go with 100 home runs because we'd all say under, but uh, 84 and a half. And combined. then I remember also when they traded for Stanton, there was also Sanchez involved in that. It was mm-hmm. the three of hundred and fifty homers. We made. Yeah. T- I, I have a I have a pretty <laughs> badass T shirt. Modern day murderers. Modern row. day murderers row. Yeah, it's a it's a great shout out to Brian Begley who, who designed the shirt. Eighty four and a half is a big number. I think we talked on a recent episode how I could see Judge come. You know, obviously he's not. He could hit sixty three home runs, right? But like he's probably going to come down, I think, because pitching is also going to pitch him a lot more carefully. And if I'm assuming he's going to stay within himself, take a boatload of walks. I expect his on-base percentage to be well over 400 because of all those walks. So if he hits 45 home runs, that's still a fantastic season. But then Stanton's also going to have to put up in the 40s of home runs, and he just has not been able to do that because of all of his injuries. So I'm taking the under here. He hit 32. Stanton hit 32 on his own last year. Missing, I think it was 32, missing a lot of time. and um, But that's a, you know, another 10 home runs he's going to have to hit. Yeah, he missed. How long, How much time did he really miss, though? He only played, I think, 110 games. Or, no, I'm sorry. But like that's a realistic That's a realistic possibility for, for, for Stanton at this point as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I want to take the over here because it, it, you know, if both these guys are healthy, I think they will crush that number. 110 games. And he hit 31 home runs. For, for Stanton last so, year. So I mean, just you look at those numbers. If he can stay healthy, of course they're gonna they're gonna demolish this number. Um, all right, fuck it. So I'll go over, over. Let's go, <laughs> I'm going over. Just talked myself into it. Yep, I'm going over too. Uh, Holmes, fourteen and a half saves. Last oh, and by the way, real quick, sorry, Logan. Before you go, the 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 outfield situation um, being a problem in left field could also be helped if a guy like Stanton is healthy and playing in the field. That that left field doesn't look like such a glaring problem if that guy's healthy and able to play in the in the field occasionally agreed um holmes 14 and a half saves last year he had 20 um but this kind of hinges on do you think he's going to be the closer not you know that's basically yeah. the question is if he's the closer or you're going first anyway yeah i am going first watch yourself uh the the answer is over i'm just taking over this is a lot of overs here this is just the uh this is just a ha- the, the half glass full guy it's over because he is the closer he is the closer. Is he? he? Only, he is. is. He's the, yes, he's the closer. The And and I think what they're going to do this year is they're going to try to get more uh, locked into some traditional roles. I think that they've, you know, we've always been like, let's, uh, we want flexibility in, in the way that they do things. But I think the way that they are, are set up right now with a guy like Holmes, 
who could Chapman's out of the picture, uh, who could who could benefit from, from Loisaga being Loisaga's in the back of the, the rotation. And Loisaga really good at the end of the year owns the eighth inning. So Loisaga owning the eighth inning, Holmes owning the ninth inning. Now you have you know some some other arms that that can compete and do good things before that and compete for that that seventh inning spot and and jockeying up. But I think that those two guys are established. Holmes at fourteen and a half, it, it seems so low. Uh, if to me, if he's not hitting that, there's an injury, which means uh, he's not pitching well. But I think when he's pitching well, it means he's healthy and his mechanics are right. So I think he's going to be the closer. So I'm, I'm over. I, I agree over because I do believe that he can get back to, you know, that elite relief pitcher that yeah. you saw. But I don't know that it's like a lock that he's the closer because I think Loisaga could, he's just has the potential to be more consistent. And if he, if Loisaga has a great spring training, and Holmes has, uh, you know, an okay spring training. I could see them giving Loisica the job to start. Like Holmes did not earn the job back at the end of the year due to poor performance and injury, and Loisica did earn it at the end of the year. So I don't know that it's like just a given. We're locking in Holmes. He hasn't earned that yet. So I'll take you would the agree over. that the, those two guys are eighth and ninth inning, though. What, you know, in whether some, you go in one some way form, or... and then who knows what King is going to be at some point this year. But that's a, another weapon you can add to the seventh and eighth inning. He can be even a bridge guy where he pitches multiple innings on one night and then sits for a couple of days. We'll see if they strong. do that. I, that may not be in the cards with him coming back. I, I don't know. I, I mean, have no know. clue. But that also could be better for a guy coming back from injury. Like we saw, remember how um, Girardi used Chad Green back in mm-hmm. 2017? It was like multi innings, then he would sit for two days. And right. he was just so dominant in that role. And yeah that can hamstring you but at the same time if that's just like that's your role right like you're going to pitch two innings and then you're not going to pitch again for two days or every other day every other outing you're going to get the two days you know what i'm saying you have that plan if holmes and loisgar are also right i think you have the luxury to do that with a guy like king sure and it'll be interesting to see how they they handle him and, and his workload once he's uh once he's fully fully back but um yeah, so are you over or under? I'm, I'm taking the over, but okay. I'm not as confident in it as you are because I think Loiza could, could also be the closer. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, they also used Wandy in the playoffs to close yeah. last year. So I don't see that. I, I see that, that was more of a, we need to do this. Yeah. But Holmes and Loiza were both healthy. The, Holmes was still, not healthy in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was there. He was there, but he wasn't healthy. He wasn't the same guy. They were using him when he was available that way, though. Wandy Peralta was their best relief pitcher. In the playoffs, but I, I see Wandy Peralta being a situational closer this season. Is that okay? We just had the uh, Loisaga say if Loisaga is the closer, he just pitched back to back days. Holmes pitched the seventh or the eighth inning. Wandy's going to close tonight. How many times do you think that Aaron Boone refers to Wandy as uh, the, they, how, how lucky they are because they have the ability to put a closer like Wandy in the sixth inning, seventh inning? He's going to refer to Wandy as a, as a, as a luxury because he's got closing experience in the sixth inning. Yeah. I mean, fifth inning. Whatever. Tommy Canley too. Over under on three, four. So then Luis Severino starting. Luis Severino starting should be a real luxury because he's got he's got eighth inning experience in the first Yeah. Half. Oh, big time. Wow. Um Glaber, we all don't know what he's gonna be this year. Uh, I'm going batting average, though. 260. He hit 257 last year. And Ilya put a good note in here that he was shifted on 40% of the time, which is above league average. So is that going to 
have some positive regression in the average appointment for Glaber. Before we get to this one, I have a question for for you guys. Do you think that batting average is going to be looked at any differently because of the shift? Because there's going to be inflated batting averages. Is is batting average going to be uh, popular again in talking points? There'll probably be something that comes up where it's like an adjusted batting average, I'm sure, <laughs> will be developed. Yeah. Because it's like, what was, well, you can just, you can simply do that, like based on, okay, you hit 260 last year, but that was X percent above league average. And now you're hitting 285, but this, that's X percentage above league average. So I think so that we're just going to average the, the two saying the like, this is, this is with, uh, you know, this is with more defense. This is with less defense. What does uh-huh. that even mean? The hell does that mean? Well, are this is something the, I the old to, the old way is not the new way. The old way is the old way, and it doesn't matter anymore. So, what does that even mean? This is something. If you remember, I talked to Brian Kenny about last year when he was <laughs> on the pod talking about the shift ban, and he made the point I had not heard to that point, which is it's going to allow bad hitters like Joey Gallo yeah. to be better than they should be. Bullshit. Because they're gonna just don't get... hit that spot. You won't. We we. Don't hit that spot, and he'll be the same damn player. But players who otherwise would be grounding into the shift, yeah, those are going to be hits. And Joey Gallo doesn't ground we... into anything. Okay, so on on two sixty average for Glaber, I'll take the over. You know, I want him to be better than two sixty. <laughs> like two sixty is not good for a guy like yeah. Glaber. Yeah. 257 and yeah the shift is going to have to help him out on on the batting average side so I'm going to go over. The thing that just an over machine The thing here. that I hate most about Glaber is that his on-base percentage is The word hate is strong. You know, you shouldn't have hate. You should have malice in your heart to hate someone on the New York Yankees. Well, I hate a 300 on-base percentage. You hate the stat, you don't hate the person. Fair enough. That, I hate a player that has only that's a That's a life lesson for Harrison, okay? That, that is a life lesson. First, I got to teach him the lesson. Don't throw trucks at my face. No, he should. I, I told him to do it. He got the memo. I'm glad. Continue to throw trucks at dad's face. All right, next one. So Anthony Rizzo has a career high in home runs at 32. He's done it four times. He did it mm-hmm. last year and he did it in 2014, 16 and 17 as well. So the over under is going to be 32 and a half. Is he finally going to break through? Um, yeah. Uh, who's first? You, me. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under Rizzo. I think Rizzo. One, we don't need him to hit 35 home runs. I need Rizzo to put some damn good at bats. I need Rizzo to get on base. I think you're gonna see more. Uh, you're you're gonna like this is a guy that's gonna be affected by the shift in a very positive way, and I think he's gonna be making more contact and and less about. Um, you know, putting as much emphasis in, in the power. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably see doubles tick up for him and, and base hits uh, tick up for him. And I think that, that home, home runs could probably plateau if not go down a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the under on that too. I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get, I don't think he's going to get there. So uh, Cole three year, he had a three, five last year, obviously much less in years prior. So Make it an easy line. This is me. Uh, Cole, three ERA. Jeez, he, he should be he should be there. I don't trust him, though. He's over. <laughs> Too many home runs. 
Over. It's a, it's an over for me. I, you know, it's not going to be by much, but I, I think it'll it'll be over. Exactly He'll be better. He's not. I, I think he will be better this year. But why? Because he's going to choose to be better. He had a really didn't he have a couple like just complete destruction blow up out? Oh, no, he had some inflated massive his stinkers. He had some massive. Yeah. You pointed that guy like that guy's not my ace. So that, he had those. those how many? How out. many of those did he have? Five of them last year, right? So if he only has four this year, his ERA is three point three five, right? So so it's going to be better than three point five, but um, three and a half is not good for your for your number one lockdown nope. starter. It's a bad ERA. No, it's not. It's a he bad had that ERA game in that he had that game in Minnesota last year where he gave up seven runs in two and a third. Yeah. Right. Started the season the game in Detroit. In Detroit. The Detroit um, game, the Toronto. He had the thing about the Toronto Detroit games. The thing about the Detroit game, though, is he technically only gave up two runs. Oh, he just walked everyone, right? Not he, in walked my heart. Fi- he walked five. He walked five in an inning and a th- in two thirds. I remember he had uh, like two starts against the Blue Jays over like in July, August, where he allowed, I think, like crooked numbers in innings. Where like one of them was like the fifth inning, he gave up a five spot, and then. But they came one. in bunches. That See, was a problem with him. They came in bunches and 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 on the home run ball. And then when you know when when he ran into something, it, when he ran into adversity, it never got better. And that's See, that's, that's where I need him to be better. I need him to 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 finish. Like the word finish is huge for him. He needs to finish his starts. He um. See, that's really deception, though. He really like that crooked number that you're talking about against the Blue Jays was uh in August six innings, four runs, which isn't great, but like. But that's a it that's was not good. That's they, a, it wasn't that's a good. Five, that's but like that, a five ERA. It's a technically yeah, but even so, I'm just saying it's not a seven. It's not seven runs. It's no, like, but a five well, ERA from your number one starter is terrible. That's again expectations here. We need to understand that his bar is higher. We're grading on a curve with that. I I, I need more from him. I that one that thing, is not acceptable. One thing that maybe we can do and 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 talk about next week is the those types of starts. Comparing Cole to the other "quote unquote" elite pitchers in the game, how many did they look at Rodone from last year? Even yeah, how many did the other guys have? Where six innings, four runs, which is a five ERA, versus how many does Cole have? Because yes, Cole does have the games that are seven innings, one run, eleven strikeouts. He has plenty of those games, but I guarantee you, he has way more, double the amount of those other games. Those shit my pants games. This is a called shit my pants plus. Whereas if if uh, if whoever Domingo Herman goes out there and gives up four runs in five and two thirds innings, you're like, whatever, it's Domingo Herman. But when Garrett Cole does it, you're like, that's unacceptable. I guarantee you, he has double. To compare it to the other top five, top ten elite pitchers in baseball. So I was reading Reddit uh, this week, and some some guy came up with a uh, tough outs plus stat. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I read through that, and I was trying to figure out how he got there. I couldn't figure out how he got there. Well, this is this is one of those. It's like a, a stat for for not shitting yourself in the fifth inning. Plus, so the brown pants plus the brown pants plus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's fire through the. the let's rest fire. Of these. Let's fire through some of these. So this one needs no conversation, really. Aaron Boone, seven and a half ejections last year. He had nine, which is a ton. Um, single season record is eleven. Bobby Cox and some others hold that. Yeah. And he yeah. had six in twenty twenty one. So. Um, one stat that I would like to know is his father, who also was a manager. Where where was his, his high? Because I think he does want to. 
he wants to win that. He wants to win the family record. So that's, I think, is important to him. Um, I think Boone loves getting thrown out of games. So I, I'll, it also I'll benefits the Yankees. So over. How? Because he's out? Because <laughs> he's not managing the game anymore. Can he do this in the playoffs? <laughs> Has he ever gotten like thrown the, out in like the, the fourth inning? No, it's. I think it's really hard to get thrown out in the playoffs. I think the umpires basically like don't throw you out unless you really, really start yapping. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. Boone. When he gets ejected, I bet the Yankees' record is better. Mm, that would be a good stat. Uh, Rodon, twenty-five and a half starts last year. He had thirty-one, but um, before that, he had twenty-four in twenty twenty-one, and kind of hovers around that mark. And better be over. It better better be, be over. Dang, if it's over. If, if it's, it's under. under I got I got so many so many problems with the Yankees organization as a whole. Yeah, because twenty four or so twenty five starts means he missed over a month. That means he missed over well over a month of starts, like almost two months of starts. That's that's gonna be a problem. Ilya has in the in our chat here that Bob Boone, father of Aaron, only got thrown out no more than two in a season. So Aaron Boone is actually now a disgrace of the family. Wasn't there something when Boone got hired that he was only ejected one time as a player and it was in his oh, debut? Yeah, I think so. It was yep. in his yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in his debut. Yep. Yeah. Um Hicks, 99 and a half games played at any position, not games started, games played. Under. Games played. No, games played. So defensive replacements count. Yeah, it's he over. had 130 last year. Definitely just... over games played. Games started, I hope it's under. Games played, it's going to be over 100. Man. Uh, did you say that Stanton had 110 games played or starts? He had 110. His his is always pretty close because he doesn't. Yeah, really... because maybe he'll pitch it now and again. But um, like you know, Hicks is going to come in for defense a bunch. Stan started. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Games he's you don't you don't re- you don't replace your left fielder all that often for defense. Uh, you know your center fielder. Him going. You're not going to replace Bader. You're not replacing Judge in right field. So left field is the only place that you're you're, you're you'd be bringing him in on. So unless Stan he started, started at 103. If Oswaldo so Cabrera is awesome, both defensively and offense, offensively, then yeah, Hicks is not. I'm going under. This. I'm going to go under on this. I'm going to go under on this because I, I, I don't truly believe that Aaron Hicks is in the long-term plan he's, here. Yeah, he started I'm saying long-term within the season. Hicks yeah. last year. I'll go under. Okay. okay. DJ LeMayhew. Everybody forgets about our favorite player. Uh, 285 average. Last year he was 261, but that was kind of zapped at the end. When when is DJ LeMahieu gonna start playing? Do we know? Mm. Like 2025. This is what I hope for DJ LeMahieu. He does not come back before he's ready, and when he comes back, he's 100 percent and he hits 312 because that's what I expect from him. If DJ LeMahieu is healthy, he's gonna hit above 300. So the the answer is over. And it's all a matter of if he's if he's healthy or not. If he's not healthy, I have no idea. Two sixty and two two sixty is like a, is a hurt DJ LeMahieu, which is impressive because most people would would kill for a two sixty average. I mean, we had Glaber fully healthy at uh, over under a two sixty. LeMahieu is also going to benefit from the shift, just be, from the shift not happening. No, not, no one not to say that he, they, he was like one of the least shift. I know players. they didn't shift on him, but at the same time, he also has such uh, great bat skills that. That I think no matter what, just because the defense is uh, is, is always going to be straight up, it's still going to benefit him. I'll take the over, but I hope he comes back. I, uh, whenever he comes back, if it's May, if it's June, shit, if it's after the All-Star break, be 100%, and they need him for the playoffs, and he'll be a 300 hitter. 
I don't okay. think it's going to uh, – he didn't do – he didn't go through surgery. He he was resting it, so he should be back well before that. I I believe he will be back well before that. He's going to be but, in spring training, and we're not going to see – he's going to – the the whole reason why he wasn't doing getting that surgery was because he was feeling good. So, but there were questions about him being ready to start the season with or without surgery. Yeah, that's odd to me. There's been a lot of a long time. So, all right. Anyway, over. Volpe, sixty and a half games played. Games played. I'm taking under. I'm gonna go over because this is it. the way it should be. Agreed. Starting pitchers used ten and a half. Last year they used eleven. Irritation was good. Irritation's better. Do openers count? Yeah, yeah. They start the game. Yeah, there not. There's no. There's no stat line that says opener. When was the last um, time they used an opener? It's not a qualification. Chad Green. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sunny. No. This is a tough number because we're expecting them to have fewer. Like they have a much more rock solid rotation this year. Yeah, if there's injuries, it will be over. But Cole. Uh, Montes, or excuse me, Cole, Radon, Nestor, Severino, Montes, Herman, Clark Schmidt. Who's the other five? Don't you remember they like they made it into like June last year? Be only using their yeah. same five guys. I'm taking under. I'm taking under. Cool. I think the I think the rotation is absolutely much more uh, uh, solid this year, but also. Uh, the guys that will get starts when guys go go down are fewer. I hope I'm wrong on that one. I hope I'm wrong because that means there's a lot of consistency in the lineup or the rotation. All right, last few. Last uh, short stops used, bowling and a half. God, that's such an ugly well, stat. Well, if, if, you, if you guys are saying Volpe over 60 and a half games, you should take the under on this because you should would, hope it so. would really only be IKF, Peraza, and Volpe at that point. Uh, Cabrera. Cabrera, if they use Cabrera at shortstop, we got problems because he's yeah, not might be using him. He he might play like spell guys. He is might this, be the utility is this guy. Played any or start? I think I put the numbers from last year at at played at any point, but I think all the I think all the same. I think they all started last year. I think Glaber started a game at shortstop. I'm, I'm saying and, under. I'm saying under. I, I saw we saw what happened last year. They they need to have more consistency at that position. And if that if that means giving, you know, a longer leash to a younger guy and staying with him out there, then they, they should do that. I think it's gonna be four. <laughs> it's gonna be four. So I'm taking the under. Okay. It's gonna be IKF Peraza, Oswaldo, and Volpe. But I don't think Volpe's gonna get to sixty and a half games. I think I don't think he's gonna get to sixty one games played. I think we're gonna see Volpe at some point like Called up if he comes up and plays well in the beginning, he's there for the season. I would agree. I agree. If he comes up and plays well in the beginning, then yes. But I, I think I also think if he starts the starts with the team in the beginning of the year after a good spring training, that they're going to give him a pretty long leash and he'll stay there anyway, even if he struggles a bit. It's going to be a, it's going to be difficult for them to send him down. I think. Yeah, that's why I don't think he's going to start the season in the majors. And maybe they wait a bit, and and we'll see. They'll just but, do what yeah. they did with Glaber. And say I think when he does come up, he's coming up more. and staying. But if the shortstop position, if Peraza's playing well, right. they're not so going to Then you're going to keep Volpe in AAA when he's, if he's playing well in AAA. I think that opens them up for a lot of... Uh, it opens them up for scenarios. If Peraza starts up here and then Volpe's playing well, what are we doing? 
then Peraza can move positions after the year. If you truly believe Peraza is a long-term thing on this team and you're not going to trade him, he can move positions and you've got Volpe at some point later in the season. It'd be a good problem. It's a good problem to have, I guess. So we'll see what happens. Stanton, 20 and a half games in the outfield. He had 38 last year. Got hurt. Over, over. He needs to play in the outfield. I think it actually helps him stay healthy. I would agree, but that doesn't mean that Mm. the Yankees think. I think I'm taking under on this one. I think they're going to. Uh, I, I think it's going to be only a handful of games in the outfield. Ugh. He played. He got hurt, and then he like stopped playing out there until like the ALCS. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet it's like he plays like ten games in the outfield total. Okay, last one. Frankie Montas, <laughs> three point four zero ERA. Um, Last year it was 405, but he was at 318 before he came over in the trade. Yeah. Um, 337 in 2021. So I think that's a. Nothing, nothing I have seen from Frankie Montas can, can push me in a direction to say under on this number. You, you could have put this, on this at number. Four. We're all great. It's if all, you put, it's all if you put the under, over under at four, I would have had to think about it, but I don't have to yeah. think about it at 3.4. No. Garrett Cole pitched with 3.5. He's supposed yeah, to be three. I mean, he's he was three one eight last year. He was three three seven the year before. But so he's that's also heard a healthy Frankie Montas can do if he pitches at the Oakland Coliseum forever. When did he get part. popped? Um, 2020, 2019. So nineteen was a steroid year at two six three. That's cool. So we're looking at a guy that's twenty uh, twenty wasn't very good. Yeah, twenty twenty was five six after he got popped. Then he's like, oh, I got to figure this out a little bit or or find something that nobody's detecting. <laughs> then I'm going to get hurt. So he's a four year A guy. Yeah, with half what a shoulder. A- <laughs> what a great trade. Fuck. There's got to be a video of me somewhere saying that they shouldn't have traded for him. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already done so, maybe consider giving us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. Maybe you're watching on YouTube. Sup? Maybe give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Comment to boost the algorithm and all that crap. And we'll talk to you guys next week. We're going to compare Garrett Cole and how many blow-up starts he had to the rest of the Shit Your Pants Plus. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.